0: And welcome to the very first episode of the Two Minute Drill podcast. A show where I dedicate two minutes or less to all 32 teams in the NFL leading up to their game. Football season is almost here. I'm so excited. And this is kind of my way of showing it. I wanted to start something that allowed me to go over news and notes of all 32 teams. Because most national shows don't pay attention to everybody. I'm going to go over the lines the sports betting lines and just make my own picks. I'm also going to give you one player that I think is going to pan out very well for that week's matchup in fantasy football. I'm gonna do that for every single team on every single game. This is my very first video on the channel. So if you do enjoy it, please subscribe, unless you hate sports, don't do that. Hit the like button if you like it even if you don't hit the like button. Come on, dude, hit the bell on all that YouTube stuff. If you're listening on a podcast platform, then definitely make sure to subscribe to me on that platform. I'm gonna do this at least once a week. Like I said, the two minute drill podcast. The show is probably going to progress gradually as I get used to the swing of things. And I do definitely wanna hear from you. Let me know in the comments after listening to the podcast What are some things that you would like to hear me discuss as I break down all 32 teams in the NFL? Again, I'm going to try and fit everything in two minutes or less, but I'm going to hit all 32 teams. With that being said, I'm just going to keep it short here. Let's go ahead and jump into week one of the NFL season, and I'm going to go in order of the games. So you know that that means. Thursday night, football. That's going to be America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, taking on the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. After suffering a devastating leg injury in week five of the 2020 season against the New York Giants, Dak Prescott is poised to make his return to the NFL here in week one. But the leg injury is not the only thing that Dak has been rehabbing during the off season, as he also has been dealing with a baseball-like injury in his throwing shoulder. Let's be honest, the Dallas Cowboys looked relatively abysmal last year, only amassing a six and 10 record, and it was a lackluster division. But the team seems to have new life and energy now that Dak has been cleared for week one. Get ready to hear a lot of COVID news during this football season. Zach Martin, the star guard, is going to be out week one which is a huge hit, both to the protection of Dak Prescott and also the rushing ability of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. There are a lot of questions like, will this be a bounce back year for running back Ezekiel Elliott, who really regressed in pretty much every statistical category last year? Can second year wide receiver CeeDee Lamb make that sophomore season leap? Or will Amari Cooper be able to string together multiple wide receiver one weeks now that he has his quarterback one back in the saddle? Those are all definitely fun possibilities for the Dallas Cowboys offense. But I would say most of the questions actually fall on the head of head coach Mike McCarthy, as well as new defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, and their ability or lack thereof to turn around what was truly a disappointing defense. There were stars on the helmets, but none of the stars played up to their potential last year. And they have a monumental task week one heading up against Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, are being led by none other than the GOAT himself, Tom Brady coming fresh off his seventh Super Bowl championship. The 44-year-old quarterback is ready to lead a team that is absolutely stacked here in his 22nd season in the NFL. This team is so stacked, in fact, that they are returning all, I repeat, all of their starters from that Super Bowl run. In fact, only 10 new players cracked the 53-man roster. The offensive line is considered to be one of the best in the league, so Tom Brady is going to have plenty of time in the pocket to utilize his elite wide receiver core and pick apart that Dallas defense. Not to mention the tight end position being locked up by Rob Gronkowski, and the return of O.J. Howard. This all makes it easy to see why the running game can easily be put on the back burner for the Tampa offense. Mr. No Risk It No Biscuit himself, head coach Bruce Arians, is likely just gonna let Tom Brady air it out all over that Dallas secondary. So much so that the odds makers actually have Tampa Bay favored by seven and a half points in the season opener. That spread is pretty high considering how high powered, on paper at least, Dallas's offense can be but really, it might not be that much of a surprise considering the true unsung heroes of that Super Bowl run were Todd Bowles and his elite defense. This makes it relatively impossible for me to picture a scenario where the Bucks don't walk out of the opener 1-0. Dallas' offense is capable of making scores of games appear closer than the actual game itself ever was. But I'm going to take the Bucs minus 7.5. It's a lot of points. I'm going to swallow them all. As for fantasy football, literally I want my hands on any single receiver in this game. But if I have to pick just one per side, I'm gonna go ahead and take CeeDee Lamb and I'll take Antonio Brown. The Sunday morning slate of games on CBS is gonna start off with Jacksonville Jaguars, the last place finishing team visiting the projected last place visiting team for this year, the Houston Texans in a battle of the basement for not only the AFC South, but the league in general. (laughs) But, you know, there are actually high hopes for the team down in Duval now that they have their first overall pick, quarterback Trevor Lawrence, as well as new head coach Urban Meyer, and they look to flip the scripts on the franchise. Trevor Lawrence, he did it. He won the quarterback battle over Gardner Minshew. Now Gardner is over in Philadelphia, backing up for Jalen Hurts. Not all has gone right for Trevor Lawrence, however, as the surprise draft pick, former college teammate of Trevor's, Travis Etienne, has already gone down to a season-ending injury, paving way for James Robinson to make his return as the running back one. The former undrafted running back impressed pretty heavily during last season, despite the losing record, and he gets to keep his starting job. Robinson should have a very promising season opener here, since the Houston Texans really couldn't stop a nosebleed last year, and they haven't made any real improvements to solve the issue. Trevor Lawrence could come out hot as well because the Jags bring back DJ Chark, Labiska, Chenault, and they signed Marvin Jones Jr. through free agency, and the Texans secondary ranked among the bottom last year. As for the Jaguars' defense, I would say that the most notable signing was former Seahawks Shaquille Griffin joining the squad. Last year, the Jags managed to win a tough-fought battle in the season opener against the Colts, only to go completely defeated the rest of the way. And they're looking to get off on the right foot here against the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are coming off their first year without star wide receiver Nuke DeAndre Hopkins, only to lose J.J. Watt to the exact same team the Arizona Cardinals in free agency. And the only other face of their franchise, Deshaun Watson, had a busy offseason of his own. He's going to be riding the bench as a healthy scratch on their 53-man roster. So Texans fans are about to see Tyrod Taylor take the field after infamously getting his lung punctured by team doctors minutes before kickoff and then getting wally-pipped by rookie Justin Herbert. So if there's anyone who has an excuse to be afraid of needles this season, I'll give it to Tyrod Taylor. First time NFL head coach David Culley gets to take his crack at this franchise that, unfortunately, most NFL faithful don't have much faith in. Brandon Cooks is the notable wide receiver on this squad, but more question marks remain about the running back room. With all of the free agent signings like Mark Ingram and Phillip Lindsay to get paired with incumbent David Johnson... Who many NFL insiders say is going to take more of a Duke Johnson type of role this year. There's no doubt about it, the Houston Texans are going to be fighting an uphill battle all season long, and they're starting off with probably one of their most winnable games as three-point home underdogs. My heart is telling me that this game is probably going to end in a push, but I got to pick a side to lean on, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Jags minus three as road favorites, with big fantasy production coming from running back James Robinson on the Jags and wide receiver wise I'll go to the Houston Texans side and Brandon Cooks because I'm really not sure what to do with the Jags wide receiver trio. The Los Angeles Chargers start off their season by traveling east to Washington to take on a football team that won the NFC East last year, the Washington football team. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Justin Herbert is going to make his second season debut against a very, very stout defense, but he was very, very impressive despite the losing record last year. The long hair is back, and so are his most important weapons in Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, who are both poised to have excellent seasons this year. Mike Williams and rookie Josh Palmer are sure to make some splash plays as well. On the defensive side of the ball, the big headliner is going to be Joey Bosa continuing to make opposing quarterbacks' lives a living hell while they have to share the field with him. General Manager Tom Telesco seems to have really given this team a fighting shot at competing at the highest level despite a very tough division, but it's really going to be up to head coach Brandon Staley to make himself a known commodity, or is he just another head coach that got a shot because he knew Sean McVay, as he was only the Rams' defensive coordinator for one year, and that defense was loaded. The path to the postseason for the Chargers is likely going to come by the way of a wild card as they share the same division with the Kansas City Chiefs, but this team does have the talent to get it done. One thing that does have me concerned about the Chargers this season, though, that I don't I haven't heard very many other people talk about is the fact that fans are going to be back in the stands here in 2021. Before fans were kicked out because of COVID, back in 2019, the Chargers couldn't even fill up a soccer stadium in LA, let alone a giant new stadium in SoFi. But I guess I'm getting a little carried away with myself here because we actually won't see the Chargers in SoFi yet. Justin Herbert has to face his first packed house at the NFL level at fedex field the washington football team is looking to take advantage of what has been touted as a weak division by becoming back-to-back nfc east champs but hopefully this time they can do so with a winning record wft is poised to make a marquee matchup out of the defensive end position as chase young leads the group the 2020 defensive rookie of the year has already made a splash in the league and has become the face and identity of Washington's strong defense. It paired with Montez Sweat, and these two are gassed up and ready to put the Chargers' reconstructed O-line to the test, and Justin Herbert in the grass. Washington's secondary is no laughing matter either, and they will be as stingy as possible and be sure to keep the score low. Head coach Ron Rivera has certainly embraced the defensive side of the ball and created a very tough and physical culture. However, the new Fitzpatrick-led offense will be nothing to scoff at this season. Ryan Fitzpatrick is no stranger to airing it out and taking risks, which will be great to see for the two wide receivers of the Washington football team in Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel who looks to be back at practice and ready to go for week one. The running game is also going to be exciting because of Antonio Gibson and his preseason hype has been that of he might be treated like a Christian McCaffrey type back this season. And the odds makers have given the nod to the Chargers as one point favorites. I wanna remind you that the Washington football team actually kept it close in their preseason loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a backup in Taylor Heineke, So I'll just call my shot here. I think that this is going to be a low scoring game with a splash of Fitz magic. So I'll take the Washington football team and the point. And I'll also take both backs, Eckler and Gibson to be big plays for fantasy. Note while editing, be prepared that Austin Eckler's hamstring is acting up. Be prepared to make a switch if necessary. The New York Jets coming into the 2021 season after an 2 and 14 2020 where they couldn't even tank properly and lost what was rightfully theirs in the first overall pick and effectively Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars. However, the Jets did get the second overall pick, Zach Wilson who has already garnered comparisons to Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and getting the nickname in some circles as the Mormon Mahomes. He of course replaces Sam Darnold who was traded to their week one opponent, the Carolina Panthers. Former defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers Robert Salah got the nod to be the new head coach of the New York Jets and I think he actually got his hand on a formal lunch with and Williams, Sheldon Rankins, heck even Carl Lawson. These guys are all good. Williams however is coming off of an offseason foot surgery and he's likely to play but probably won't be 100% in the week one bout. But many Jets fans aren't looking to make a playoff run or anything like that. They're really just wanting to take a good step forward culture-wise and find out if Zach Wilson is the answer at quarterback because Sam Darnold found himself in a similar position but was never able to get the Jets over the hump. Guys like Davis, Crowder, Cole, and even rookie Elijah Moore should be able to help Zach Wilson and Robert Saleh get their footing and make a sizable improvement over, I think five and a half would be a solid over under for the Jets win total this season. And the odds makers actually have the line at six. So I guess I would take the under on that bet, but I wouldn't be 100% confident. And the football gods have done the Jets no favors with many players already lost due to injury. And the schedule makers have done them no favors by letting Sam Darnold seek revenge so early. The Carolina Panthers have shipped Teddy Bridgewater out of town and have enlisted the services of Sam Darnold to the helm of the QB1 position. And with a fully recovered and well-rested Christian McC- Caffrey back in action, the Carolina Panthers look to have a much more imposing offense this season. Add the fact that Sam Darnold is familiar with the Jets secondary, that the Jets didn't make any overhauling changes, and that DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are definitely upgrades for a receiving core for Sam Darnold. I think that the Panthers are going to pass the week one test of the Jets with flying colors. Speaking of flying, look out for Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick to be quick off the line and welcome Zach Wilson to the NFL. The biggest question surrounding the Carolina Panthers is really a coin flip, because fans really want to know if, A, did the draft really solve the problems in the secondary? And B, can Matt Rule and Joe Brady free Sam Darnold from the shackles of Adam Gase? If either one of those things don't happen, it could be another tumultuous season for Panthers faithful. makers have placed the Panthers as five and a half point favorites, and I have to go ahead and take the Panthers side of that bet. I think that the Panthers are going to come out big against the Jets in week one. Look for Christian McCaffrey to get a lot of dump off passes as the safety valve for Sam Darnold and prove why he was the consensus number one pick in all fantasy drafts. Despite missing a ton of games last season due to injury, And the Panthers being out of playoff contention by the time he was probably healthy and ready to go. As for fantasy options on the Jets, I would really fade this team as much as possible until we see how things shake out. But Corey Davis is going to be the safest option to start week one, especially considering the Panthers' secondary still isn't their strong suit. The Arizona Cardinals head out to Tennessee for a week one with the Titans. Cardinals fans are preparing to watch their team take the field without Larry Fitzgerald on the roster for the first time since 2004 or Patrick Peterson for the first time since 2011. General Manager Steve Kime filled the veteran leadership void with the likes of AJ Green and JJ Watt in the offseason. In this matchup, Kyler Murray is going to look to his favorite target DeAndre Hopkins and take full advantage of a lackluster secondary of the Titans. And if Kyler is fully recovered from the injury that shook him up in the back half of last year, he can easily be as dangerous with his legs as he is through the air. Much is expected of Kyler Murray as he enters his third year as the Cardinals quarterback, and a lack of production could spell the end of Cliff Kingsbury's head coaching tenure for the Arizona Cardinals. On the defensive end, Chandler Jones is looking to come back from his torn bicep injury, and hit Pager in more ways than one. The Cardinals linebackers are young and full of talent, but questions remain with Vance Joseph and his ability as a defensive coordinator to hide their weaknesses and show off their strengths. The most electric player on the defense is probably Buda Baker, who just has a knack for getting involved on almost every single play but all of these guys are going to be put to the test by the high-powered offense of the tennessee titans the afc south champions are looking to bounce back from their 2020 playoff loss to the ravens by taking their aggression out on a different bird king henry is about to build on his illustrious Career by running down the Cardinals' throats and stiff-arming their defense into oblivion. However, there is now a question: with the shelf life of running backs being so small and all of the touches that Derrick Henry has amassed over the past few seasons, how much longer does he have until the wheels fall off? In week one, that refrigerator of a man is gonna be running just fine. The Titans made a splashy offseason grab in acquiring Julio Jones as a running mate to AJ Brown, who had a breakout season and despite having so much pain in his knees that he required surgery on both of them at the end of the year. Julio Jones needs to stay healthy in his own right, and if he can, Ryan Tannehill is definitely going to be able to lead the Titans to another playoff run. The main concern of the Titans throughout the offseason was to make improvements to the defense who struggled last year both to stop the run and to stop the pass. Head coach Mike Frable surely didn't like what he saw out of that unit last year and dedicated the draft capital to help solve the issues like first round cornerback Caleb Farley. And they also brought in Janoris Jenkins from free agency. The odds makers are giving the Titans the nod as three-point favorites and it's really hard not to take them in this situation. But as a Cardinals fan, in week one I'm allowed to be a homer. I'm going to cross my fingers and take Arizona Cardinals and the three points. I think that the offenses are relatively comparable and I think that the Arizona defense has a slight edge. Fantasy wise, I'm going to be looking at Chase Edmonds. Then, Titans, I am going to favor AJ Brown to edge out Julio Jones as the more fantasy relevant wide receiver in week one. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 39 year old Ben Roethlisberger, finds himself not retired and on the couch but instead in Buffalo facing Josh Allen and the Bills in week one. The Steelers came out hot with an 11-0 run to begin the 2020 campaign, but sputtered mightily at the end. But the excellent start was enough to clench the AFC North last year before succumbing to the Browns in the wildcard round. Now a full year removed from Tommy John's surgery, people are wondering if Big Ben still has enough in the tank to carry Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster to the promised land? Or will Father Time just catch up to Big Ben, which is a constant worry for older quarterbacks not named Tom Brady? A main component of the Steelers falling off in the back half of last year was a complete lack of a running game, which hopefully they solved by two things, a reconstruction of their O-line, and drafting first-round running back Najee Harris. And he is going to be a workhorse because Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Steelers, has traditionally faded the idea of a running back by committee approach and just likes to feed one guy the rock. But the Steelers are defined by the steel curtain era and they're kind of returning to steel curtain form as their defense projects to be one of the league's best in the 2021 season. Minka Fitzpatrick quickly showed in his first full season with the Steelers that he was 100% worth the draft capital that the Steelers traded to Miami to acquire him. And TJ Watt, though he might be going through some type of contract dispute right now, is putting in the work. And he's on a career arc already that is starting to rival his brothers as he came off last season with an NFL-leading 15 sacks. This team will come out with a lot of energy, but their week one opponent will not take that line down. Buffalo Bills, champions of the AFC East, are looking to soar even higher this season after last year having their Super Bowl aspirations cut short by the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Josh Allen took an immensely huge step forward last year after acquiring Stefan Diggs, and that chemistry is only going to grow stronger this year. Cole Beasley proved to be one of the most valuable slot receivers in the game last year, and I think that adding Emmanuel Sanders is certainly going to make an impact here in Buffalo as well. Head coach Sean McDermott has definitely done a lot of work to dig out the bills from the pits of the AFC East and now this diamond in the rough is going to be a Super Bowl contender moving forward. On the offensive side of the ball, it remains to be seen if OC Brian Gable is going to continue to leave the run game of Zach Moss and Devin Singletary on the proverbial shelf because of the elite pass catching options that he has at his disposal. On the defensive side of the ball, look for the Bills to be pretty stingy against the pass and much more vulnerable against the run. This is one of the more high-powered games to kick off week one of the 2021 NFL season. And the odds makers are giving the Steelers six and a half points, but six and a half points is a lot to be crediting Big Ben while his arm is still fresh. So I gotta take the Steelers side on this one. Fantasy-wise, I wanna see Najee Harris have an absolute field day in his NFL debut. And on the Bill side of things, I am going to take the approach that the Steelers are going to get to the quarterback quickly so Josh Allen is going to have to dump it off which means Cole Beasley is going to be targeted heavily and you probably won't start him this week but he's going to be someone that you're glad to have on your bench or as a desperate flex. The reigning NFC West champion Seattle Seahawks start the early morning games on box by visiting the Indianapolis Colts here in week one. Changes have definitely been made to the team, so we will see a lot of new faces heading into the new year, but one familiar face is Bobby Wagner, who is ready to start the season off with a bang under the guidance of longtime head coach Pete Carroll. Look for Jamal Adams to also make his impact known while blitzing from the safety position. You know, Pete has always had his control over the defensive side of the ball, but this year he's reaching a little bit further and wanting to have more of an ownership on the offense by bringing in a new offensive coordinator who promises to run the ball even more. Meanwhile, the 12th man in Seattle have continued the drumbeat mantra, let Russ cook. Russell Wilson had an absolutely explosive beginning of the year last year, but things began to peter out and Pete Carroll has definitely made a bigger push for the ground game. Does this mean that running back Chris Carson is about to have an explosive year? Or will the Seattle Seahawks recognize that they have a mold-shattering quarterback who should be handed the reins of the offensive scheme and be able to let it fly to the absolute freaks that he has on the outside in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Either way Seattle is really hoping to see an improvement in their offensive line as Russell Wilson was getting eaten alive last year and in week one they're gonna have no easy task in protecting Russ from the Colts front seven. The Indianapolis Colts are looking to start the 2021 season off on the right foot by getting home on an aggressive pass rush headed by DeForest Buckner. And also keep track of Russell Wilson and his elusive ability to escape the pocket and sniff that out with the likes of Darius Leonard. Wentz is coming off a less than ideal 2020 season and there are high hopes that reuniting with head coach Frank Reich springs him back into the Carson Wentz of old. However, an untimely foot injury and the fact that he's not vaccinated and wound up in the COVID protocols have kept him away from the team in the off-season, and that chemistry just hasn't had the time to build. Speaking of the slate of wide receivers at his disposal, One of them will be out for week one. That would be T.Y. Hilton, who unfortunately suffered an injury and will not be good to go. The big uglies up front are definitely going to need to step it up during week one and give Carson Wentz plenty of time to find second-year wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. or others like Zach Pascal. They will also need to open up holes in the run game for Jonathan Taylor, who sparked at times last season, but I think he's really primed and ready to have a special sophomore season. And luckily, Quinn Nelson, who went down with a very similar foot injury to Carson Wentz, should also be recovered in time to start week one. Oddsmakers are leaning Seattle in the opener here, favored by two and a half points, but I actually really like the Colts in this spot, and I won't be surprised if they win the Battle of the Trenches and just win the game outright. So I love fantasy-wise, Jonathan Taylor in this one because of that reason, Seahawks-wise, I think that the Colts' Xavier Rhodes is going to shout out DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett is going to be Russ's go-to target. So look for Tyler Lockett to be a smash play in Week 1. The Minnesota Vikings have the luxury of starting their season off in Cincinnati, where Mr. Wrap Me Up in Plastic, and if I die, I die himself, Kirk Cousins will get to utilize the pass-catching weapons of Adam Thielen, who had 14 touchdowns last season, and Justin Jefferson, who set all kinds of rookie records last year and looks to take another step forward in his sophomore season. And those two big wide receivers are probably going to have even more passes funneled their way as the targets of Irv Smith have to go somewhere else since he went down to a meniscus injury. But if there's one thing that we know about head coach Mike Zimmer, it's that he wants to set the tone with the ground game. Lucky for him, he has the right back for the job as Dalvin Cook has been absolutely ripping through NFL defenses for the last two seasons and looks to make it a three-peat as long as he can stay healthy. Cook averaged a whopping five yards a carry last season and here in week one, he has the opportunity to bolster his numbers against a very feeble Cincinnati run defense. Offensive firepower is definitely what keeps the Vikings in contention game in and game out, but this year if they want any shot at a postseason run, their defense has to step it up because they could do nothing to stop the pass last year. They did go out and snag Patrick Peterson in free agency, but will his veteran presence be enough to patch things up in the secondary or are Peterson's best playing days behind him. Hopefully he will be assisted by a more versatile blitz scheme because the Vikings defense definitely seems to have more depth when it comes to rushing the passer. This week that passer is going to be Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals. He is making his NFL return after his rookie campaign was cut short During week 11, so Cincinnati went into the offseason knowing that Joe Burrow was getting killed, knowing that their offensive line needed some serious reconstructing, knowing that they had a poor rush defense, knowing that they had a poor pass defense, and in true Bengals fashion, they prioritized in the draft. Wide receiver. The former teammate of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, was drafted in the first round by the Cincinnati Bengals after not playing at all throughout 2020. And the rookie has now struggled in training camp and preseason with drop passes. Joining Chase in the wide receiver room are T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, who both held their own last season despite missing Joe Burrow for the back half of the year. So I expect on the plays that Joe Burrow is able to stay upright, he will actually be able to produce some decent numbers since he has a pretty stable wide receiver core. Speaking of Bengals who need to work on staying upright, Joe Mixon, the workhorse back, should be poised for a solid 2021 season provided that he can avoid injury. For the Bengals, one of the most notable signings on the defensive side of the ball was Probably Chidobe Awuzie from Dallas, but I'm really not sure how coveted Dallas' defense was last year, so I'm really not sure how much of an improvement this will be, but we'll see. The home team Bengals are three-point dogs to the Minnesota Vikings, and all day long, I will take Vikings minus three and a half. I expect Dalvin Cook to come out of week one looking like the top running back in all of fantasy. And I expect T Higgins to remain Joe Burrow's favorite target to start off week one. The San Francisco 49ers will travel to Detroit to take on the Lions in a week one bout where they will face a familiar foe in quarterback Jared Goff. The 49ers look to rise from the ashes of an injury riddled season that left them six and 10 in in the basement of the NFC West. But with a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, who has a starting record of 24 and eight with the 49ers as well as a decent backup in the future of the franchise, Trey Lance. The 49ers actually seem poised to make a run this season perhaps even doubling their win total. Much will be expected of the offensive weapons in Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle, all of which missed time throughout last season due to injury, and Brandon Ayuk is still dealing with a hamstring injury limping into this season. The running back room is also going to need to stay healthy as it is led by Raheem Mostert, who has led an injury riddle career, but he will be backed up by rookie Trey Sermon. Opposing quarterbacks will need to get used to the likes of Javon Kinlaw and Nick Bosa sending them to the turf, and Jared Goff is definitely already used to both. Nick Bosa will definitely breathe new life into this 49ers defense after missing all but two games last year due to an ACL injury. And with top tier linebacker Fred Warner flying around and making tackles, the 49ers defense promises to be among the league's best by year's end, but they're definitely going to need production out of the new faces in the secondary. Head coach Kyle Shanahan has to be happy with the direction that his team is headed in the 2021 season, as well as where that flight is headed in week one. The Detroit Lions welcomed Jared Goff into the mix after shipping out Matthew Stafford over to the Rams. Goff certainly isn't the only fresh new face in the locker room, however, as this is year one of a big rebuild by new head coach Dan Campbell. The former receiving corps, Kenny Galladay and Maurice Jones Jr. have also flown the coop by way of the New York Giants and the Jacksonville Jaguars, making way for Tyrell Williams, Khalid Freeman, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Translation, T.J. Hawkinson is going to be the number one target of Jared Goff in this new offense. TJ Hawkinson had a great tight end season last year and he's going to expand on that breakout this year. DeAndre Swift, though starting running back as it stands today, had a pretty solid rookie campaign, but behind this O-line that only made slight improvements, namely drafting Panay Sewell, we'll see if he is able to hold off the likes of Jamal Williams for the starting spot year-round. As for the defensive side of the ball, the Lions were pretty desolate in every category last year, and despite there being personnel changes and new coaching staff, it's honestly hard to predict anything other than more of the same for the Lions this year. Odds makers, despite adding an extra game to the season, placed the win total for the Lions this year at 4.5, and, and I wouldn't blame you if you took the under. As for the week one matchup line, the Lions are dogs by seven and a half points, and I am easily going to take the 49ers minus seven and a half, no doubt about it. Fantasy-wise, Raheem Mostert is going to have an absolute feast on the Lions, and as far as The Lions go tight end TJ Hawkinson is pretty much the only guy that's going to be worth their salt this year, but especially in this week one matchup. In the last of the morning slate of games, we will see the Philadelphia Eagles travel south to the Atlanta Falcons in a matchup. Of teams that both ended the year with only four wins yet somehow feel more optimistic than where their season ended up Jalen Hurts has had the keys to the franchise handed over to him the young and mobile quarterback promises to be more productive than Carson Wentz was last year and he'll have some help with a breath of fresh air drafted into the wide receiver room in the tenth overall pick, Heisman Trophy winning receiver Devonta Smith. Smith will be lined up next to Jalen Rager and Greg Ward, but as far as pass catching on this team goes, I am far more curious to see her develop chemistry with one of these tight ends, either Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz. Ertz to Ertz just sounds like a phrase that's going to be said by commentators over and over and over this season. Miles Sanders holds on to his RB1 job, but don't be surprised to see the likes of Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell siphon-off touches from the sophomore back. On the defensive side of the ball, Fletcher Cox is sure to get off to a hot start and attract a lot of attention from the Atlanta Falcons offensive line but Eagles fans are going to be sitting back and crossing their fingers that Darius Slay steps his game up after a very disappointing first year with the Eagles. However, for Eagles fans, a bigger question probably lies at the feet of head coach Nick Seriani, who was the offensive coordinator for the Colts for several years, but since becoming the head coach for the Eagles has really struggled at the podium, causing many across the league to have doubts about his ability To help the Eagles soar to new heights. As for the Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan looks to line up under center for the first season without Julio Jones by his side in a decade. However, with Julio Jones' recent injury history, he really has already gotten accustomed to throwing to other receiving options, such as Calvin Ridley, who stepped in to the wide receiver one position and really made it known that he belongs there. Plus, Russell Gage has also looked promising, not to mention the fact that the number one pass receiving option taken in the 2021 draft was Kyle Pitts, the highest drafted tight end in NFL history. In the running back room, Todd Gurley was one and done for the Falcons, and now it is Mike Davis's backfield. The Falcons offensive line will definitely need to step up their game here in week one against the Eagles as last year they struggled to create holes for the run game and they also struggled to protect their quarterback but the unit that needs to step up their game the most for the Falcons is actually the secondary who allowed the most yards per game through the air last year and they cannot afford a repeat of such a dismal performance. And unfortunately the defensive line doesn't really fare that much better because I don't necessarily see a guy on that roster who strikes any fear in a lineman's heart. Hopefully new defensive coordinator Dean Pease can shape things up on the defensive side while head coach Arthur Smith hopes to crank things up a notch on the offense. The odd makers have this game set to favor the Falcons by three and a half points, and that hook is actually enough to send me over to the Eagles' side, so I'll take Eagles in the points. Fantasy-wise, I'm not gonna look any farther than Calvin Ridley, he's gonna be far too much for the Eagles to handle this week, and On the Eagles side, I'm just going to go ahead and say let's see Jalen Hurts show off why he was a quarterback one in the drafts this year in fantasy. (laughs) Into the afternoon slate of games we go, starting with the CBS side of things, kicking off with the Cleveland Browns traveling to Kansas City in what is a rematch of the divisional playoff round last year and what is sure to be one of the most electric games of week one. Baker Mayfield is gonna be out there solidifying his case why he is going to be the franchise quarterback of the Browns' future. We get to see Odell Beckham Jr. back as the base of that wide receiver core alongside Jarvis Landry and Donovan Peoples-Jones, but the true strength of this offense comes from the run game and the elite tag team of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Be sure to give the offensive line tons of credit for making all of these guys shine and big props to kevin stefanski who has definitely turned this franchise around bringing a real ground and pound mentality and a sense of maturity to the team the side of the ball that aims to impress this season for the browns is actually the defense and they have stars returning like miles garrett and greedy williams and they have incoming stars like former Rams safety john johnson and former Titans defensive and Jadavian Clowney. Jadavian certainly needs to be more productive this season, however, if he wants to live up to the name that he originally created for himself in Houston. Out of all the teams in the league that would have to deal with Mahomes and the Chiefs in week one, the Browns are definitely going to be well prepared in order to try and attempt to stop the high-powered Kansas City Chief offense. The AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs look to open up 2021 by completely disheartening the Cleveland Browns in a statement game where they say, no, you will not dethrone us this year. The Chiefs are coming off a Super Bowl loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which really revealed their weakness, which was a weak O-line. Which has been completely reconstructed despite having to run for his life throughout the entirety of the game patrick mahomes still looked as impressive as ever he's moving on to 2021 and he gets to do so with one of the best tight ends to ever lace him up in travis kelsey and one of the fastest wide receivers to ever lace him up in tyreek hill looking to have another dominant season head coach andy Reid says that the new offensive line is ready to go which hopefully bodes well for running back Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who didn't necessarily have a disappointing season last year, but he certainly didn't live up to the hype that was going into his rookie season. Turning our attention to the defense, defensive ends Chris Jones and Frank Clark look to pave the way for short field situations. And strong safety, Tyron Matthew looks to continue to build on his illustrious career. The Chiefs are definitely going to need to get a little bit better at stopping the run. So they're going to have a giant test here in week one. The line is set to be favoring the Chiefs by six points. Looking back to last year, despite Kansas City always being a favorite, they didn't necessarily cover the spread all that often. And I think... The Browns are just going to keep this one close if they don't just outright win it. I think that's totally within the realm of possibilities. Fantasy-wise, I think Nick Chubb is going to look absolutely unreal for the Chiefs, I'll go ahead and pick Kelsey to outpace Hill as a receiving option. The Miami Dolphins have to head up to New England in a divisional matchup that could definitely have playoff ramifications if both new quarterbacks are able to live up to their potential this year. Tua Valoa no longer has Ryan Fitzpatrick in town, so the keys to the franchise were handed to him, but this second-year quarterback almost feels like he's on a prove-it year, because last year in his rookie campaign, he did not necessarily impress, and the coaches often pulled him in favor of sending in Ryan Fitzpatrick to try and clench a win. But that won't be the case this year, and he's received a bolstered wide receiver room in Will Fuller coming over from the Houston Texans, but he won't be able to start week one because he is still on a suspension for PEDs. So instead, during week one, look for Devontae Parker to shine alongside Mike Gesicki, the tight end, those two are gonna help the young quarterback plot down the field. However, there is a hope that this year Tua doesn't just dink and dunk and instead spreads the field out. So hopefully new rookie wide receiver Jalen Waddle can help out with that. As for running backs, look for Miles Gaskin to have to shoulder the load, but let's be honest bill belichick's defense is probably going to give him fits to start the year Head coach brian flores has already started to make a name for himself despite not making it to the postseason yet in miami and he's done that while letting larger names walk including kyle van Noy to the patriots but there's high hopes that he's going to be able to coach up this team to be amongst the top of the nfl food chain by year's end. He has to face defensive mastermind Bill Belichick in a mentor-mentee clash that is likely to be happening for years to come. The New England Patriots are going to have a leg up on the competition thanks to Bill Belichick's uncanny ability to dissect young quarterbacks. Only this time, Bill Belichick is walking in with a young quarterback of his own in Mac Jones. Cam Newton has served his purpose as a bridge quarterback in New England, and now New England fans have high hopes that Mac Jones will be able to step into the big shoes left behind by Tom Brady. Luckily, Bill recognized that he needed to completely overhaul the offense that couldn't do much of anything last year. So he brought in receivers like Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. He brought in tight ends like Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. The running back room has also seen some changes with Damian Harris becoming the RB1 and Sonny Michelle being shipped off to the Rams. Looking at the defense, Stefan Gilmore unfortunately is out. He's injured. He's going to be gone for six weeks. He's been placed on the IR. Hopefully guys that didn't see the field last year for the Patriots like the aforementioned Kyle Benoy or the addition of Matt Judon. Or other guys who just sat out, like Dante Hightower, can shoulder the load and execute Bill Belichick's defense. As for the betting odds, the line is set at two and a half, calling the Patriots the favorites. And they probably recognize that Bill is out to prove something this year. He wants to show that he can do it without Tom Brady after Tom Brady kind of won the divorce and went off and won a Super Bowl without him. So... I'm gonna take the Patriots and the two and a half points that I'll have to swallow. Fantasy-wise, I think Damian Harris is just gonna have his way with the Dolphins' defense and he's just gonna keep the ball moving on the ground. For the Dolphins, Devontae Parker is going to be showcased here. And he's just going to be someone that you're glad to have on your bench in case you ever find yourself in a pinch this fantasy season. America's Game of the Week on Fox is going to see the Green Bay Packers travel to a neutral field in Jacksonville for the New Orleans Saints home opener who have been displaced due to Hurricane Ida. Aaron Rodgers has had his way with the media all offseason, stirring up drama, kind of threatening retirement. but. He's going to be back with the Packers. It looks like he's going in on a last dance type of mentality and taking Devontae Adams along in the sidecar after linking up with him for 18 touchdowns last season. But it's my personal opinion that in order to draw these last dance comparisons, there's only one way to do it, which is make it Jordan-like which means that the end of the year has to end with a ring on the finger. And if he actually pulls that off, do you really think that Aaron Rodgers is going to ask the Packers to trade him still after the season is over? I don't think so. And yeah, the Packers didn't end up fully committing to Aaron Rodgers for the future, but they did commit to other players like running back Aaron Jones, who had a really successful 2020. He got paid, his RB2 was shipped over to Detroit, but now there's, a, in my opinion, probably even a better RB2 in A.J. Dillon. He's going to siphon off some goal line carries from him. Head coach Matt LaFleur has always kind of had his ties and his hands on the offensive side of the ball. But what really needs to step up this year for the Packers is the defense. They do have a lockdown corner in Jair Alexander. And, of course, they also have the Smith brothers, Preston and Zadarius. But there's also guys like Kevin King who's still on the roster, whose name probably haunts Packers fans' nightmares after he got eaten alive in the NFC Championship game by Tom Brady. The defense as a whole just needs to get better at stopping the run. The New Orleans Saints welcomes in a new era as Jameis Winston gets the starting job after Drew Brees, the starting quarterback of the Saints since 2005, decides to hang him up. The preseason quarterback battle that Winston faced was, of course, against Taysom Hill, who will now likely revert back to his gadget receiver role and, of course, backup quarterback duties. Unfortunately for Jameis Winston, he will not have his most notable receiver, Michael Thomas, on the field to start off the season, as he took a really weird approach and prolonged his leg surgery so that he could kind of rehab on company time. Look for Traquan Smith and Marcus Callaway to be the go-to wide receiver targets during week one, but more than likely Alvin Kamara is just gonna have to pick up the slack and receive a ton of drop-down, dump-off type of targets as well as his regular running back duties. Head coach Sean Payton is no stranger to adversity, but there's no way that he envisioned this as the beginning of his 2021 season. Hopefully his spirits can be picked up on the defensive side of the ball by guys like Marshawn Lattimore, in Cam Jordan. The betting line has the Saints as home underdogs, and I say that reluctantly because they're playing in Jacksonville. But Jacksonville is kind of an interesting site to be playing this game. Aaron struggles playing at games in Florida. The Saints are going to be more accustomed to the humidity. Aaron Rodgers' line isn't going to be that good anymore. I'm going to take Saints plus four and a half running my attention to fantasy. I'm calling it right now Alvin Kamara, probably going to have a week winning type of game for the Packers side of things. Robert Tunyon, to a certain degree, he will pick up where he left off. And I'm just gonna go ahead and call a week one touchdown for the big guy. The Denver Broncos start their season by heading over to MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Giants. Both teams have more optimism, and higher expectations for what they were able to accomplish last year. Teddy Bridgewater comes into town for the Denver Broncos, who was brought in to compete for the starting job with Drew Locke. Drew Locke lost that quarterback battle, meaning Teddy Bridgewater is the guy. This leaves many Denver Broncos fans kind of scratching their heads because Justin Fields got drafted after the Broncos picked, the Broncos instead of course, opted to draft Patrick Sertain. So again, Teddy Bridgewater, he beat out Drew Locke. So they're aiming for consistency, basically being told, here are the keys to the car, do not crash it. Drew Locke, you have more of a big playability, but we just can't risk it. With that being said, Teddy Bridgewater definitely has some nice weapons to work with, he has Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, even though a fan, the tight end looks good. As far as the backfield is concerned, expect Melvin Gordon to initially get the starting job for the front half of the year. But if Williams develops as intended, and it sounds from coaches in training camp that he already is, expect him to quickly top Gordon on the depth chart. On the defensive side of the ball, the team is going to look quite different with two new quarterbacks, Plus, Von Miller is coming back after missing all of last year due to injury. However, the front seven is going to look largely similar, and they need to step up their ability to stop the run as it was a struggle last year. But Vic Vangio, head coach of the Broncos, should be up to the task with this healthier and more talented roster. The New York Giants have the luxury of starting their season off at home. The Giants, of course, have had their fair share of trials and tribulations throughout the training camp and off-season. Daniel Jones in year three is entering a make-or-break season. Luckily, he's going to have Saquon Barkley back to hand it off. He might not be 100%, but at least he is there. The face of the franchise running back is definitely looking to have an explosive type of season as the injury bug has had him miss several games in his second season, almost all of the games in his third, and the O-line is going to have to help him out. Many of the big uglies are back, and last year they were abysmal at the run without Saquon Barkley, and really the only holes that that O-line was opening up were for defensive Pass rushes to go sack Daniel Jones, but they also had the passing game improved as they brought over wide receiver Kenny Galladay from the Lions. They drafted Kadarius Toney, who's still probably going to sit behind Sterling Shepard on the depth chart. They also have Evan Ingram who may or may not be a go on week one. It's likely he will not be because of his injuries. As far as the defense of the Giants go, look for them to continue their Trend of being stout against the run, but more vulnerable against the pass. New York is considered to be home dogs by three points, and I think that that line is pretty fair. I anticipate this game being a push. If I have to take a side, I'm gonna go ahead and say that I have more faith in the Broncos to cover than I do the Giants to keep it close. Fantasy-wise, I think that Jerry Judy is about to kick off his sophomore season on the right note, And Saquon Barkley, though he's not going to be 100%, he's still an absolute safe start. Play him. He's going to do just fine. Now let's move on to Sunday Night Football, where the Chicago Bears are going to travel to SoFi Stadium to take on the Los Angeles Rams on NBC, the biggest stage on sunday matt nagy head coach of the bears is holding on to his hat after making a pinky promise to the beige water pistol and he andy dalton is going to likely start week one despite the bears trading up and drafting justin fields andy dalton did not produce very much for the dallas cowboys after having to come in as a backup when dak prescott went down the bears They clearly paid too much for him. He's not going to be their starter for very long. He was brought in to replace Mitch Trubisky, but things happened in the draft. They got Justin Fields, and now the Bears and the head coaching staff and the GM are all in this weird precarious situation however i think at this point andy dalton is probably just a sacrificial lamb the rams defense is a tough landing spot for a rookie quarterback so let's just throw andy dalton out there see what he does if he loses that's expected maybe justin fields comes in the next week if he wins that's just a bonus let's just keep riding the hot hand running back david montgomery writ on an absolute tear in the back half of his 2020 campaign and he looks to keep up the pace here as he enters 2021. Meanwhile, star wide receiver Alan Robinson is really just hoping that his quarterback situation pans out because he's just grown accustomed to catching balls from mediocre quarterbacks. As far as other wide receivers go, look at Darnell Mooney. He has some elite speed and he is looking very promising entering his second year. Bears defense wise, you already know Khalil Mack, he's going to garner the attention. Hopefully the other guys can get home, but the team in general is just going to have to step up their game as they face a very familiar opponent in Matthew Stafford. The Los Angeles Rams will welcome fans for the first time to a regular season game in the new SoFi Stadium. And their offense is going to have a new look as well, with Matthew Stafford suiting up for a team other than the Lions for the first time in his career. Head coach Sean McVay, of course, is happy to welcome in a quarterback that is capable of executing a creative offensive scheme. Unfortunately, they will have to do so without their starting back, Camp Akers, who has already been lost. To a season ending injury. Daryl Henderson and newcomer by way of the Patriots, Sonny Michelle, will look to split the backfield in Akers' absence but expect a lot of the offensive heavy lifting to be done by the wide receiver duo Robert Woods, as well as Cooper Cup. The Rams offensive line is gonna give Stafford plenty of time to find those wide receiving options down the field. On the defensive side of the ball, look no further than Aaron Donald, who is going to absolutely feast on the Bears offensive line and bury Andy Dalton in the backfield. Meanwhile, fellow superstar Jalen Ramsey is going to look to shut down Allen Robinson for much of the game. Odds makers see the Rams as heavy favorites, making me have to swallow seven and a half points to take their side, which I'm willing to do because I just don't see a way that the Bears keep it close. Rams blow it out in the week one opener. Fantasy-wise, Matthew Stafford, if he's sitting on your waiver wire right now he's not going to be for very long he's going to come out this week and absolutely dominate and then darnell mooney he's going to be very good in fantasy this week i think that again Allen robinson is going to be covered by jalen ramsey and john johnson the safety is out of the rams so the secondary is a little bit new not sure what to expect there i do expect darnell mooney to house one the Ravens flocked to Sin City for the first Monday night football game of the season on ESPN head coach John Harbaugh hopes to take the Ravens another step forward after winning one playoff game last season before falling to the bills in the divisional round so he would love to get a win off of game one in 2021 where Lamar Jackson is entering a season where he has the opportunity like he has the past two straight seasons to rush for another 1,000 yards, why not make it three? He could do it. However, more than likely, he is going to be laser-focused on amassing more passing yards with a connection with Marquise Hollywood Brown, the addition of Sammy Watkins, and the Raiders are just a team that you can move the ball through the air on. His faithful tight end, Mark Andrews, who just got paid, is likely going to be his favorite end zone target That is, if the Ravens' rushing attack doesn't just finish off the drive before he has the chance. Of course, the ground game is synonymous with Ravens' offense. However, this year they've already dealt with a major setback by having their starter, J.K. Dobbins, go down to a season-ending injury in the preseason finale. Looking at the Ravens' defense, normally you can't say that a team has a true duo of cornerbacks that are strong, But I think the Ravens do in Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters. And with that secondary box checked, the team really needs to focus on stopping the run Hopefully, that charge can be led by veteran leadership like Calais Campbell. Monday Night Football will be welcoming back John Gruden, only he will be down on the Raiders' sidelines and not up in the booth. So instead, let's say that Raiders will have the opportunity to welcome home fans to Allegiant Stadium for the first time at a regular season game. Derek Carr continues to be the starting quarterback under John Gruden's tutelage. But his favorite wide receiver target, Nelson Aguilar, has been sent away to the New England Patriots. Now much will be expected of Henry Ruggs, who put up a rather disappointing rookie season. But the Ravens actually sent over a receiving option of their own. Willie Sneed is going to be a target here on the Raiders now. But when it comes to the passing game, we all know that Derek Carr is going to heavily target one of the best tight ends in the game. Aaron Waller. As far as rushing the ball goes, Josh Jacobs is going to try and build on his young and promising career, but the Raiders did go out and acquire Kenyon Drake, former starting running back of the Arizona Cardinals, so he's going to garner his fair share of the carries as well. Defensively, the Raiders are hoping that the addition of Yannick and from the Ravens can help diagnose that defense and help stop the run. Because the Raiders definitely struggled with that last year. But the Raiders defense struggled in general last year. So let's also hope that the addition of Casey Hayward from the Chargers helps stop the bleeding through the air. As far as a betting line on this one, it looks like the Ravens are favored by four points. So that's just enough to make me actually take the Raiders side on this. Fantasy wise, I think Josh Jacobs will have an okay matchup here this week, even though I'm not necessarily high on him overall. And then I'm gonna go double running back. I think that the Ravens are just gonna really heavily feature Gus Edwards to get him used to leading the rush attack this year. That's the first two-minute drill podcast in the books. Thank you so much for listening this long. If you did, I'm assuming that you liked it at least a little bit. And I am hoping that you will share it with someone else to like more than 10 people listen to this thing. Because I put a lot of work into it. I went through every single game, all 32 teams two minutes or less per team. That's the theme. I don't know. I'm Dr. Seuss now. Like, comment, share, review the podcast, Two Minute Drill podcast. My name is Michael Holman. I appreciate you and your time so much. See you next week. Bye.